In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening for our second happy hour slash mailbag pod by Hood Husky, DJ K. Woody, and UW Leah. How's everybody doing this evening? Good, Great. good. All right. We forgot it last time uh, due to a host fail. Um, <laughs> but what's everybody drinking tonight? UW Leah, we'll start with you. Um, for the time being, I'm still 39 and white, and so it is my ever-present Lime LaCroix. <laughs> DJ? I mean, I'm also white, uh, a few years younger than Leah, uh, just drinking some water right now, but, you know, I, I might change it up in a little bit, uh, do some... You, you got a cocktail waitress over there? Hey, I, I might have to call her down, but no, I don't. I might, I might get some... I have some claws in the fridge, you know, you know how I nice. drink the claws. So I might grab a couple of those in a little bit. Nice. And uh, Hood, how about you? I, mean, I have two things. I have uh, my Hydromate, which is my water. Uh, a little bit behind schedule. Supposed to be done with this by 8 p.m. And uh, we are not done with that by 8 p.m. So a little behind schedule there. And then um, a lot of sugar, but I got a, a tropical berry lemonade from Wendy's that I'm tapping off. Oh yeah, a lot I like of sugar, that. Lot of hey, hey, if you, if you're gonna be drinking that and the water, you're gonna be up a lot tonight going to the bathroom. It's a lot of liquids before bed. <laughs> I don't, I don't work, I don't work tomorrow. So we <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I. Uh... I finished off a, a strawberry liquid IV uh, before the pod started, and I'm working shout on uh, based on, yeah, <laughs> shout out J Cap and a shout out to Tugs uh, for the recommendation. I've got a, a Rainier Gin and uh, Spindrift Blackberry that I'm working on. Uh, quite a, <laughs> a nice little combination, and, and and you can call me, you can shout out me being white for for drinking <laughs> <laughs> sparkling water and gin. Hooligan, I thought you were just uh, drinking the liquid IV on its own. I'm like, dang, you must have. Had a rough day, no no alcohol, just a liquid IV. But I'm glad you, <laughs> no, you got I... some alcohol going too. <laughs> yeah, I've got some alcohol going. You know, you can't have a happy hour pod without a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right, we will uh, we'll go real quick into uh, into stupid tweets, and there's there's really only one that that I've got for this week, and it goes to the King of Swing sixty nine, um, who retweeted Sparks Pack twelve. Sweet about uh, chance of becoming bowl eligible. Oregon was was highest at ninety nine point seven. USC and UW were tied at ninety seven point three. But the King of Swing said, "Good job, you dumb. You got third where you belong." And I did happen to point out it's like it's the same percentage as USC. Maybe you dumb isn't in Seattle. <laughs> a little bit of a reading comprehension problem there. Which, uh, <laughs> um, before we get into the mailbag questions. Uh, and we do have a number of them, and thanks to everybody that wrote in. Uh, we definitely want to shout out Lance Holtclaw for making the commitment today. Welcome, uh, welcome, Lance. Uh, Hood, yeah, do you want to welcome. talk about what you see in his film? Or I know we talked about him a little bit last week, uh, but but take it away. Yeah, just um, super raw still, but um, lengthy athlete. Uh, loved how uh, I took a second look at the huddle again, and um, so his commitment video where he's doing a lot of, like, catching and stuff like that on the offensive side of the ball. It made me kind of go back and check out, you know, his route running ability and his movement ability, his soft hands. And he's just an overall kind of, like, elite tra elite traits guy. Um, so I'm super excited to see him come in. Looks like his personality also fits what we would like to do. 
Um, so I kind of said first class program for a first class kid. So um, really liked what I saw and kind of heard in the tone of the video as well. And uh, hopefully he stays on board. Yep. Yeah, I really, I, I liked his film. Um, really good athlete. I he high pointed the, in in that commitment video. He high pointed the ball pretty nicely, and I'm like, hey, right, right. We, <laughs> need to do a gadget play in a pinch with a. <laughs> why not? Um, all right, we'll We're move on to. Him. Yeah, yeah, we will move on to some of our questions, and the first one came in from at uh, da underscore kahn uh, da con. Uh, how important is winning the pack for the future of the program and the program under Jimmy? Uh, who wants to to give their thoughts to start out with? Yeah, I can go. Good. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to win the pack every year, but I don't know. It, it's way more important than normal because we we don't have the momentum outside because football is not going on right now. We don't have the, really, the momentum in recruiting as much as we want right now. And we need something to like propel us to that next level or, or just get us in another gear. And we need, to, we need to win the pack. We need to beat Oregon. We need to win the Pac-12. And, I mean, winning a major bowl game will shut a lot of people up, especially those people in the state below us that always want to talk. But yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, it's always important, but I feel like for Jimmy, like he, he really needs this. Like if with the talent, the talent's there, the, the experience on our team is there. We have a ton of guys coming back. We have a quarterback coming back, our whole offensive line, pretty much our whole defensive line. You know, if you, a whole defensive line, if you include ETF, uh, if he comes back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. If we play the card right, it's all there. Like we have a schedule, we have a great schedule to do it too, uh, with who we're playing at home and who we, who we're playing away, and they just gotta focus every game. And they can't they can't be down at halftime to bad or good teams like we were in in the in the COVID season. Luckily, we we're able to win one of those. But yeah, it's it's huge. We we need to win the pack for several reasons, but just to get that extra momentum and and just prove to I think there's a lot of I'm guessing some of the recruits like aren't really sh sure about how Jimmy is as a head coach. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why we're not getting some of these guys. And yeah, I think that can winning the Pac-12 can prove to them like he is a capable head coach. And yeah, maybe some of these guys start coming on board more soon. Yeah, I think that jumping off on that a little bit is that like you know not only does he not we only had a four game season last year, didn't go to a bowl game, even though like. Oregon backed itself into winning the Pac-12 championship. They still did. They still went to a bowl game. They lost, but they can point to those things and they negatively recruit. You can bet that. You can bet that they, yes, they talk about themselves, but they also talk a lot of garbage about us. And the only way to change that is to win. You just got to win. Yep. You got to beat them yeah. and you got to beat the, the winnable games. And frankly, there is no unwinnable game on the schedule. Got to do it. Got to get it done. And I was going to say one more, more thing. I know Charlie Hood has some things to say. And, you know, a lot of teams like Oregon, they can sell themselves with their with their recruiters, like the way they have their all the Nike stuff. And it seems like we're, we're not that way. And so we need to, to recruit. We need to prove it on the field. And, yeah, you can't do it without winning the Pac-12. Well, and we're such trash at talking about ourselves. It's like we're allergic to it. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
I, uh, DJ, I think you're nail on head, man. You kind of hit everything. Uh, specifically for me, the schedule uh, lines up perfect for us to win it. Um, uh, I, I think something within, you know, winning the conference is winning the like uh, the the big stage games, the nationally televised games. So within the schedule, the Michigan game, making sure you win that and you uh, have opportunity to win it pretty, you know, handily based on what we see coming out of Ann Arbor um, with Oregon um, as well. That's going to be a, a, a nationally televised game, I'm assuming, or a, a high profile game. And uh, we got to win that as well. Um, you know, uh, I'm not saying take L's within the conference, but I think um, winning on that national stage is, is almost just as important kind of to me uh, this year as one in the past Absolutely. 12. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think at a bare minimum, I, I think it has to be a 10 plus win season or a 10 or more win season. Um, certainly you need to win the North. Um, and, and, you know, I, could I see a scenario where, where we still could get some really big momentum, even if we were to say, you know, there are some good teams in the South and, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be a, a, a shootout in the South. Um, could I see a scenario where, you know, somebody maybe catches our number in the conference championship game? Yes. But in that scenario, you've got to win a bowl game. It, it may not be an NY six bowl game, but you're still, you know, as the, the runner, even in a, as a runner up in the conference, you've got to go and win an, an Alamo bowl or I don't holiday. Know, I mean, the bowl on the holiday. It, it's like, it's no, the holidays fall on down the pecking order. Um, mm-hmm. But one of those later in the season, you know, premier, like, Ideally, we want to go to a New Year's Six game and win it. That's like that's a top choice. We have to beat Oregon, and we ultimately we have to prove that the 2019 was the exception and it was a product of Pete being burned out, not that we had reached a peak and are then descending back into a seven to nine win norm. Because that that's that flat just won't won't fly long term. Um, we have greater expectations and there's greater standards that the then, university and the program can hold. Go ahead, Hud. And then to your point, man, if, you know, we make it to the conference championship game and um, let's say, you know, we lose that that game. If we have, if we've beaten uh, Michigan and Oregon, you know, on those high profile uh, nationally televised games, we still have some version of momentum over national brands and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Especially if that's only our second loss, if we win, if you lose the oh, championship I, game. So absolutely. Yep. No. Yeah. Hood is right. Like we, those big games, Michigan. Even though it's, you know, you, we can lose to Michigan and still win the pack, but that's huge. That we need to, if we want to get some national attention, we win that game. That's our first big game of the year. Yeah. Then obviously Oregon, and you know, like it's we have to be. So we're not most likely not going to go undefeated as much as I want to do. Uh, and so we obviously can't choose what losses, but we have to have the right losses. Like we don't want to lose against Oregon or Michigan, but we don't want to lose against like Arizona. I mean, we won't, but yeah. Like, so like if we lose against like a good, you know, decent UCLA team or something like that, like that's where I, I know Leo's cringing, but that would suck, but they're going to be decent. Like it's going to be Stanford. We all know that. Yeah. It's going to be Stanford. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. even though Stanford is, even though it's, you know, Stanford is not going to be anywhere near as good as they have been. That whole environment, like everybody yeah. knows that it's just a weird environment. And that being early, as early in the season as it is, yeah. particularly if 
if it just looks like a hiccup where, you know, we lose by a field goal Man. or by a, you know, it's, it's a, damn it, that sucks. And I'll be it's, pissed as shit about it, but. There's just no reason why we shouldn't beat Stanford, but it's like one of those things where until no we, it, until we win at the library, which is what I'm calling Stanford stadium until we win there, it's a loss automatically. And we haven't and done it, it in 10 years ish. What? Something like that. More. And in relation to recruiting, like, Look who Jalil Florence's final three are. You know, like there are people that are on our schedule. So these are people that we're Michigan and Oregon. Exactly. These are people that we're going to consistently be competing with for similar guys, you know, along with a whole bunch of other kind of, you know, national stage programs. But um, so it's going to impact us directly in recruiting as well, you know, winning those high profile games. yeah, and I think that kind of feeds into the next question that we got from Tempe Wave seventy seven, uh, and his question, and and I think we may be only kind of partially able to answer it. Um, but who are we going to get in recruiting, and do we see any surprises uh, out of this class? Um, I mean, I, I think I'll jump in and, and say that you know I'm pretty confident about uh, almost everyone that we had uh, that came in for this last visit. It sounds unfortunately like Morrison might be leaning. Uh, a different direction, um, but I'm pretty confident about that that we will land the rest of it. I don't necessarily see this as the year with all of the variables with coming out of the pandemic that we're um, gonna just light the world on fire necessarily. Um, but what I could see certainly, and particularly, and this is again dependent on on what we were talking about in our in our previous question, if we win ten or eleven games. Um, and some of those guys that are going to wait until later in the cycle, um, or, you know, as was the case in, in like 2009 and I'm blanking on the years, but there were some guys late that nobody knew that we were really in on that ended up popping like guys like Julius Irvin. Um, I could see us, you know, a couple of those late in the cycle or us getting involved based on the success on the field. Um, but I think ultimately it's, it's what we will build toward 23, um, and I will say that in terms of, I mean, I'm not one that's super enamored of the rankings. I, for me, it's about the tape. It's about when we offer. And when I get frustrated about our recruiting losses, it's not necessarily always who we lost to. Um, certainly, I don't like losing to an Oregon or another conference school. Um, but it's where we had them, on, where you can kind of see that we had them on our board. And if we're losing guys that we offered early and then are falling back to plan B or plan C guys necessary, you know, there's where kind of the, the warning bells go off for me a little bit. Go ahead, DJ. Going back to the question, it was, it was asking, sorry, I was uh, looking up all of our offers, uh, who we think we're going to get recruiting and if there's any going to be any surprise commits that we might we think might happen is that right pretty much mm-hmm. yeah, yeah okay so a couple yeah morrison that's a huge disappointment like i don't know what we're going to do at db and obviously i i think Otten. that's that's someone who we can expect to get hopefully and hopefully it could be soon uh that would be a huge get. And then uh, another guy could see, I forgot his first name, but uh, I don't, I, yeah, I didn't forget it. I just don't know how to pronounce it. So I'm not even going to try, but to, to, to Fidi <laughs> from, from uh, Hawaii, uh, the There's number no one. 
today. <laughs> yeah, no bingo. The number one player in Hawaii. Uh, it sounds like he's getting close to committing, and I know uh, we are considered one of, if not the favorite. So that would be another guy, four-star kid, like I said, a linebacker out of Hawaii. And, yeah, I mean, a couple guys that are big-time prospects that we're in on uh, is Josh Connerly, the offensive tackle from Rainier Beach, and then um, Hero, what's his Canoe? Canoe, yeah. Uh, great name. Yeah, Hero great name. Canoe. From Germany, defensive tackle, and rose in the rankings. And so I know uh, he has UW pretty high on his list. So those guys would be huge. And then, you know, we need to get one of these DB targets. There's only a couple left if we don't get Morrison. Uh, and get those guys, let's see, like they're – Jalil Tucker, Tucker, can't talk. And then um, who was the other one? The Jalil Florence. Florence. Yeah. We need to get one of, if not both those guys. We need some offers going out to DB. Like, I don't know, Christian Ryle. Shout out to Christian. He's been beating, beating that topic a lot the last couple of days. Like, we need to get offers out for these DBs that we've missed. And so I don't know who else we have. Like, there's not a lot of offers we have for DBs that are not committed elsewhere. So I don't know if Hood has any insight on that or not, but we need to get, we need some DBs. I completely agree with that. Um, one thing that I was kind of curious uh, about was after the the boot uh, decommitment, are we still you know taking four O-linemen? And, and if so, who is that fourth O-lineman? Um, you hit all the, the names that were in town or that were hot for. Um, but I'm kind of curious if we're, if we're going to stick with three or if we're going to kind of go after a fourth and who that fourth is. Um, I know Big Dave is still available and doesn't really have us uh, high, it seems. But we, I think we just made a cut uh, for him. Um, but um, I would love for us to pursue Big Dave um, and that air connection there. For sure. well. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, and then another thing, too, um, I, I don't know if I'm misinterpreting it at all, uh, but the Yahoo article about them, uh, the NCAA going back to the to their, their normal 85 scholarships, um, you know, next year or after this season. Um, I'll, I'll double check that, but that's what I interpreted from it. Um, I, I'm gonna, I think we're gonna see some uh, some portal action. Um, you know, uh, big what Kyle Whittingham did at Utah this off season in the portal. A little bit of what UCLA did and Oregon State did. Um, I think Jimmy Lake's gonna try to. You know, circle back around with some some guys that he might have missed and his staff missed on the first go around. It's kind of seeing like that might be an identity um, that that the staff is having. Specifically, Will Harris too. Seems like he's like a, a second date or uh, the rebound kind of guy. Um, you know, somebody's like, oh, I made a mistake on my initial decision, and you know. But um, I, I'm looking for some some portal guys um, later in the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And right now we have we have eight commitments. For twenty, what is it? Twenty twenty-two. Damn, getting old. Uh, we have eight commitments, and assuming we get Tafiti and Otten, that brings us ten. So we're probably only take five, six, yeah, seventh the most, couple, maybe. Couple of DBs. Yeah. So you think um, a couple of DBs, another lineman, a D lineman, and yeah, wherever else they can get like. Our wider, I don't know what's going on with wide receiver. They must be what Hood's saying, expecting some uh, transfers, getting some transfers, going to portal the next year. Because, yeah, it's not looking good for Tobias uh, Merriweather out of mm -hmm. Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. And then CJ Williams. The top, we're yeah. out. 
Yeah. And uh, McMillan yeah. is gone. So. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what's going on there either. That's another confused. I mean, they, I'm hoping they have a plan, but from the yeah, outside, it looks. Uh, you guys remember I asked Roman. Um, yeah. Was there any insight to to that late scholarship at, uh, given to Devon Banks? Like, was that like, oh my goodness, we're we're not gonna we're not looking good for our twenty twenty two guys. We might need somebody late. Now that it shouldn't be working that way, but um, he just that scholar. It was a scholarship, and it was at a left field, and it was at a position we didn't assume we were even still going after. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like that might have been some insight into twenty twenty two. So yeah. And, and and I will say, and to your point, I think, Hood, you've talked about it a, a little bit in, in the big GC. Um, you know, I, I think that's room that if we talked about attrition going out in the portal, given the strength of some of even the non-scholarship guys and the walk-ons in that room, um, you know, if we're light at DB in one class, is it the end of the world? No, because there's enough, there's a, <laughs> there's just a, there is a crazy, crazy, crazy amount of depth in that room. Can you go two classes? No. Can, no. You know, can you go, you know, can you, can you go light two out of four classes? No. But if coming out of a pandemic with all of the circumstances in place, if it happens, you know, where we're, we get one or maybe two this year, that's not a, a program ender and it's not an, an indication or, or anything where we could expect that the play from that group on the field is going to take a drastic step back with that said um and i certainly think probably a little bit more on um on on the terrence brown side of the the defensive back room if we end up with a light class do we maybe end up looking at where you know you know we we're missing we're missing on targets at a, at a place that we've produced really really well mm-hmm. at a certain point you've got to put at least one of the guys responsible for that position on, on the, on the Jordan pow pow plan about like in recruiting, it's like, okay, it's time to put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can develop. And I'm sure that this is a topic that will come up again later in the pod. You could be the best developer in the world, but it's not, the job is not just to develop talent. You have to have talent that you're recruiting to come in. Um, I mean, if, if coach Kwiatkowski, who's the, you know, uh, our, our dearly departed <laughs> coach Kwiatkowski can realize that he's, a, you know, being a detriment to the program in recruiting and really, really level up over the course of his last two years with everything else that he brought as a developer and as a defensive coordinator. There is no excuse for any coach on the staff not to get after it and not to gain, you know, not to be successful in recruiting. And if they're not, this isn't the best place for him. Sorry. It's not yeah. a comment on them as people. Yeah. And and but you've got I talk both. I talk about how and others how important recruiting is. But if I had to choose developer recruiter, I'll definitely want a developer because yeah, a, a recruiter can get the guys and they're not going to do anything. Look at look at USC and some of those. Schools, but why can't we have both? <laughs> yeah, we, I want bless both. You, so. Yeah, actually, Mario's you. a good developer of O lineman. Yeah, it's the true. rest of his staff. Yeah. yeah. But and then the last thing I'll say on this. The the question is if we have any surprise commits. I would be surprised if we had any, because that's just not really how we go about things at UW. You don't you don't really see those surprise commitments so much. But it could. I mean, unless unless you're talking like a, a guy that's like unranked, 
unheard of like we've had last year or two, but I wouldn't expect to be like to get like some four star recruit randomly out of nowhere. It's not really how yeah. we go it's about not how people were responding to and it's kind of funny. Uh I see him seeing the W and USC in a final nine and not an O and USC in a final nine was really cool, finally. Um but yeah, uh, there was a lot of uh, people that were thinking that Good. UW like didn't exactly right didn't stand a chance with all the teams that it was recruiting against. And to be honest with you, I feel like we're actually one of the top contenders for the kids. So when you talk about a mm-hmm. surprise, uh, maybe not to the Husky faithful, but maybe to the country, Hero Hero uh, Kanu can be the surprise to the country and be like, this is a statement in recruiting for us, especially if he ends up being yeah. a, a five star. Yeah, one of the, like I said, I think his probably decision timing is probably like we were talking about probably later in the cycle, um, and that our our on field performance will have a lot to do with. Or like I said, you know, if we see a surprise, it's going to be. Do we really think somebody... we have a shot at Kanu? Because I saw his um, his top yes people, and I like I was like we're the outlier but, there. But Definitely. no, we're not. But... We we beat. I mean, we are, but we're not because we beat all of the look. If and if you don't believe me, go back and look at Fatu Tuitele's offer list. Go back and look okay. at Taki okay. Taimani's offer list. Go look at Tuli Latuli Gasanoa's offer list. All of those guys. Granted, that was a Kaika and not Rip, but okay. the early returns and everything that you see on on Rip is nothing but glowing reviews. So it's not. We're an outlier, but we're not. Like I said, we had okay. the, the key and again is that just to prove that 2019 was the exception. And then Hines I just see the well. I see his yeah. I see his like his yep. top folks, and I'm like, I I don't know. I don't see that. Is it hard? Like, see, but yes. look at this. So it, that's the visual, uh, and Leah, you're un, you're uncomfortable with that visual. You're not even confident in that visual, right? Mm-hmm. When you know Oregon is comfortable with that visual and they not only mm. are they comfortable with it they assume that they are in it for that guy even if it doesn't even make sense mm. right so <laughs> we have to we have to grow comfortable with that visual seeing that big ass purple w right there was dope right and having yep. a legit shot you were, yep. you were uh, talking about having a legit shot or not well uh, at santa margarita in california him and um, um 21 commit maurice himes are teammates on the same defensive line um, both from both, Germany, both, both from Germany, yeah. Through the same program with Brandon Collier, who I feel who's one of his tour stops. I feel that is a pipeline that if we we got first dibs on Hines, if we can lock up Kanu, Ooh. man, he's got, got linemen, yep. uh, skill players. Uh, I haven't seen the quarterbacks yet, but uh, all DBs, linebackers. So that could be and a also great, like great especially for for poly kids for their families, education is really important. And mm-hmm. education-wise, on that list, we're the number one school. So, <laughs> agree, agree, and that's and yeah, and, and it's not close, and it's no, um, and and those pipelines into those high schools, like Hood, you were talking about. I mean, like if you want a a great example of an out-of-state pipeline, but that it's basic. I mean, are there exceptions to it? Let's look at East High School in Utah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. UW, UW. That's our UW. pipeline. That, it's right that, across that's the street school. from um, Rice Stadium, too. Wow. We're doing yeah. a good job in Arizona. Yep. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Arizona. Another, and then another. We're doing a great job um, in Arizona. I just want to do good in, yep. in SoCal, though. L.A. area. I want I, I want to bring back that. I feel that. Absolutely. And I do want to mention it. another shout-out to Ben Roberts, uh, 
I think it, it got shared yeah. in one of our GCs today that, that his grandma passed today. Ben, our thoughts and our prayers are with you. Um, as is, and I, and I feel confident speaking for Husky nation in that respect. Um, we'll move on to our next question. And it's a, a question that a somewhat joking question that came in, um, from one of our podcast members tonight. And where's the Marvel, where's the Marvel slash where's the superhero bracket? It's, (laughs) it's finalized, but certain people have a day job. (laughs) <laughs> that takes priority into to tweeting out, you know. I don't know why you don't just for... pause your day job like JCap does and full <laughs> throttle on the bracket. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I... I'll try harder. Please don't. We're waiting on it. <laughs> it will come. It will come. Um, and then, uh, we'll, real quick, we did get a question from Rick Dennis, uh, who's at Rocky Mask Man, about Buffy's tweet about uh, Husky Twitter. Um, mm. And again, I, I think it's, I think we'll talk about it more uh, in in our kind of our main question that we'll probably spend the most time discussing. I don't think necessarily that a Husky Twitter is relentlessly negative, or that Husky Twitter had anything to do with Coach Pete retiring. What um, was the question? Sorry, what what, what was the? It was about. Um, it was questioning or like wondering or, or kind of, I, I don't necessarily want to use his words about saying that her tweet was irrational, um, criticizing Husky Twitter about being kind of relentlessly negative, And it was no wonder that coach Pete quit. Um, I mean, to my extent, like if look at any diehard fan base and you are going to have vocal fans that are very, very critical. Um, but I think the line, and I think for the vast majority, even for Husky fans that end up being maybe a little over, you know, more critical than positive, it's not just an irrationally negative with, with certain people who we will not name, um, being a notable exception. Um, I, I just, I think, take it all with a grain of salt. We all have our own perspectives. We all have our own frustrations and, and they're, and they're merit, you know, and they're not without merit as much as I love and respect coach Pete, we lost three or four games in 2019 that we had no business losing. Um, yeah. And, and, and he was burned out and, and I get why. And the modern era and, and in particularly in the 21st century of college football, where it is a 24, seven, and you have to be out there and nigh on braggadocious. And this is something that I love and respect about Jimmy mm-hmm. is that he is. That's I mean, not I don't always love the run the damn ball mantra. I don't love always love that, but I love the attitude. I love the like, exactly. what now? Let's go. Putting, like, yeah, just, putting yourself yeah. out there, being active and engaged. Absolutely. And, and, um, and, and Jimmy is that, and Pete wasn't. And, and, you know, and, and I respect Pete for his self-awareness and being able to say, you know what, where this is going, I'm not having the fun that I used to. Let me figure out a way that, that I can do something where I can have the impact and help develop you know, these athletes and these kids at the University of Washington, but doesn't involve the 24-7, 365 grind. Like, you could see it in the video that we did, early, you know, right before the 2019 season. Like, Coach Pete seeing cameras before the sun's even up. That's not Pete. Sorry, I kind of yeah. took over the response. Anybody else have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, and so I'm just reading Buffy's tweet. So I don't know if everyone saw it. It says, Dear Husky Twitter... Y'all attitude towards the coaching staff right now are making me remember all the shit that was talked when my kid was recruited and committed. No wonder Coach Pete retired. So 
huge fan of Buffy. Like she's awesome dog mom. Awesome. You go Twitter, you know, she makes some good points on here, but you know, like I don't really agree with some of it, especially the coach Pete part. She's making it seem like that's the reason coach Pete retired. And maybe that was a part of it, but it's super small. If it was like, I think you kind of mentioned hooligan, some of the reasons why he retired and he probably didn't like one of the other reasons was didn't like the route that college football landscape was going in the future and didn't want to deal with the portal paying players and all that. So I think I don't really like that last part. She said, uh, mm-hmm. and I wish she would have the negative, the, the negative recruiting and the way certain programs in the conference were approaching negative recruiting. That yeah. Really to do with it <laughs> right, too. Right. Yep, exactly. I think there's a lots of, lots of factors and I don't think that he really cared that much that people were, were saying, people were really saying stuff about coach Peterson, but like saying stuff about coaching staff. I don't think he was like, Oh, I don't, I don't like that. I'm going to quit. Like that's, that's why I don't like that part. But yeah, I mean, it's tough though. Like, cause again, we'll probably talk about it in a little bit with the other question coming up. Like, okay. You want to hold your coaches accountable. We're not talking about kids. Like kids, the players are off limits, you know, like back, like directly bashing them like on social media. But yeah, you want to hold the coaches accountable, but I mean, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be out of line either when, yep. when you're, when you're making comments about them. But yeah, like it's, it's hard. Like, cause you know, everyone, you know, you, we all say things I'm sure about coaches and even, even players like, in, like on our own to people, but yeah, some of it should be left off social media. Uh, it's got to, kind of pick and choose like what should be said and what shouldn't be said, especially those who have a following, like, like, you know, you have Leah who has 2000 followers, <laughs> no, not, nothing Whoa. against her, but, and, and hood, he's getting up there too. <laughs> Hooligans. We'll get, y'all, we'll get y'all here too. Yeah. Hooligan said he's gained like hundred followers in the last month or I don't know how long, but that's a rough guesstimate. Damn. I've like, also been part, been pretty active in a, in a national, uh, Chat on occasion and been getting yeah. callbacks from from fan bases oh, elsewhere, wow. including uh, shout out hot guy Matt for uh, for the eleven <laughs> yeah. and one nine and zero yeah. conference prediction. Um, hot guy Matt, he's a good dude. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's some of it is coming from there, and and I think some of it's coming from the podcast. And and we know that one of the the one of the people that listen to this podcast is Coach Lake. I mean, we know that for sure. <laughs> shout out, to- go ahead, Hood. Uh, just really quick in relation to Buffy. Um, Lover. Um, what I will say though is I will say um, I think we uh, we need more critics, not less. I think two things that we're kind of like um, we're really struggling with is like tact and articulation more so than anything. People are going for the the troll element and things like that. And if you kept it about football and about things that you know like really meant something to the program to the game. Um, then you might actually get more positive engagement and responses by the staff. Um, but when it's like, you know, F this, F that, or it's, um, you know, they're relatively Back disrespectful way. or ignorant, then you know what I mean? <laughs> or the tone of it's disrespect, you know, then that's a little different. Yep. Um, yep. That's, that's what I was saying. It's all yeah. how you're, it's all how you're pointing it out. And as much as you can bring in and, and this is something that when I'm, I know that I, I, I get self-conscious because I don't want to be, you know, relentlessly negative and I don't want to just be. I don't get that vibe. I don't. No, I. 
I, I try not to, but but like even when I am trying to post a, what I'm trying to say is like even when I am trying to post a critique, I'm I will try and post the why it's important and in case in point, yeah. and I'm gonna again shout mm -hmm. out Coker. Right. In an era of N of NIL, when we got the social handles wrong, you are directly impacting these kids' bottom line, and that is something that you must get right. And it's because we care about the student athletes, which is the same mission that our athletic department has. And it's just like, hey, yeah. you guys got this this one wrong. You're not horrible people. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't be you know permanently shunned from Seattle. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, mm -hmm. we need to get this right. It's important. Right. It matters. And that's. Like what I did when um, we were kind of, you know, in the in the winter, kind of on our fire the women's basketball coach kick. I didn't call out like I did no personal attacks. I just said like this is our record, this is our history. Yep. Why are we okay with the way the state of the program is in? Why are we okay with allowing our kids to be coached this way? They're clearly not having fun. They're miserable. They want to win. They want to do good things in purple and gold. We does they deserve the best that the University of Washington has to offer, and as fans, as their supporters, we need to get behind that. And there's nothing wrong with holding the University of Washington athletic department to to task on that. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it tactfully and you're not just in like, f you, everything sucks. And there's a lot of people out there who are like that, and that's I think who she's speaking to more than anyone on our pod and yep. most of the people that I feel like you all of us are close with and friends with and GCs and stuff like that, but. The important yep. thing is to be tactful, to be specific, and to make it impersonal, that it's just about the overarching theme. Go ahead, Hood. Um, I was just going to say, uh, I've actually been uh, looking at, um, you know, with a new regime, uh, with George K coming in, I've actually been looking at uh, Pac-12 jobs around, you know, uh, in the Pacific Northwest and in California, Arizona, et cetera. And uh, just kind of seeing uh, UW has like four positions open in relation to marketing and content creation. So like when it when you when you hallelujah, Mac already said doesn't want it. I, I try. I think they are hearing. I think they they get it. You know, it's just they're they're in the process of you know creating that identity. Um, and that's why I think we're a little you know a little dead right now. We lost some some big time guys. You know, some pr uh, production guys and. Mm -hmm. Shot the coach Peterson's son uh, announcing he was leaving too, but but yeah, I, I think you're gonna get it kicking up and heating up here soon. So and and we and we will the more we see that we you know I will say and and I, and I think Hood, you're a great ambassador for this about just blowing up the pot. You know when we see things that we like, just blowing up, blowing it up with positivity. I absolutely agree, and and I will shout out like. We talked at length a couple of episodes ago about the butcher paper <laughs> and the, the photos that came out of the last visit, the kids stepping off the seat, the, the Kenmore airplane after the airplane tour of Seattle, and then the, the neon lights in the locker room, Le you know, levels above. And, and, and those are the things we, we definitely love to see. Anything else on this question or, or should we move on to the next one? Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, I think you guys probably said it better than me, but yeah, you guys are saying everything right because we need to have people critiquing them. We need to have people voice their opinions. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, oh, everything's fine. You know, like, I don't know if if you guys ever, I know Hooligan has, but if you go on Dogman, don't go on Dogman, by the way. But if you do, you, was, you can't say anything bad about the coaching staff at all in there, even if it's like, 
in critiquing like the way you guys are talking about, like they just like say like everything's fine, nothing's bad, and they delete all my comments. I swear, fucking Chris Fetters, fuck you, sorry, uh, and and who else? Kim Reynolds, yeah, they delete all my comments, and I don't even say anything bad. Like I'm not, I'm not trolling. I just say something and. Yeah, they, they don't want to respond back. Sorry, that's just a side. Free K Woody, man. Free K Woody, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so that's why my the subscription is not going to be renewed coming November. But uh, yeah, side topic. But yeah, no, we need those people to voice their their concerns and to do it in a way that's respectful. But yeah, have like good explanation, good whys, like Hooligan was saying. And yeah, because otherwise they're not going to do anything. And I think hopefully they're listening. We need more yep. engagement in general, positive, yeah. negative, or positive, yep. cri uh, critical. We just need more engagement in general. So. Yeah, more interactions, yeah. period. More interactions, if you don't follow period. all of the, the UW Sports accounts on Twitter and Instagram and you're a Husky fan, you need to do it right now. The tennis uh, team, I think Leah has more followers than our UW tennis. Let's let's change that, por favor. They have more followers than what? Oh, Leah, maybe you maybe you need to put a, a link to UW tennis just at the at the end of your next video. <laughs> Man. Pass. Women's <laughs> women's tennis, a verified account, has twelve hundred uh twelve hundred and sixty followers. Please okay. go follow. Yeah, Leah's got that by eight, like eight hundred. <laughs> wow. I'm creeping even, on it. <laughs> even if you follow and you don't really care that much, you can In mute. A bad way. <laughs> Yeah, you can mute what they say. You can just follow them and then, yeah, do something. I'm going to follow them now. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next question. And it comes in from one of uh, our very consistent participants, one of the very consistent uh, participants on Washington Wednesday, and that's Evan Riggs at eRiggs. What needs to happen to sign a top 20-ish class? I think we kind of touched on it. Um, and I think for me, it, it just goes back to on the field success. Um, I certainly think, I, and and the one thing we didn't extensively talk about is I, I feel pretty confident about Josh Connerly, um, mm -hmm. and certainly Josh Connerly and Hero Canoe are going to if if you get both of those guys, uh, are going to tick us up the rankings a pretty significant margin. I think it's going to be potentially a little bit difficult because we are taking a small class due to the. The scholarship numbers that that Hood was talking about, in and going back to eighty five next year, it's just going to be a weird year until things normalize. Um, anybody else have any thoughts on on what it will take to get us to, to top twenty in the the class rankings? No, just to what you know, DJ touched on earlier, just uh, winning those, winning the conference, obviously, um, and then winning those big games. Like that's that's what it's going to do. Like our jerseys are fine. Like. We, we uh, uh, in our CFB chat, Hooligan, just talking about the city and like people like, whoa, like, geez, it looks like that. Oh, you know, so like we, we got a lot to offer. Um, so it's just about coming up here to win and then also being on a national stage. You know, we're a regional brand and I would love for our if our brand stayed regional, I don't mind that. But we need to be on the national stage winning, you know, so. Yes. 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 Um, all right, moving on. We got a great question from um, Joel Dombrow. Why do you think last year's offense with a redshirt freshman quarterback and Dylan Morris, a new offensive coordinator, and in the pandemic year was arguably better than the offense in 2019? Well, I don't think it was better at all. 
I don't think it was better. Um, I, I, think I think the second halves of the Stanford and Utah game showed like what the potential could be. But I mean, we still had a boatload of plays left on the field. We didn't execute what receivers dropping passes, you know, running backs missing holes, linemen not blocking, you know, so uh, uh, interior yeah. defensive line getting pushed all over. Yeah. So. Did, did our stats yeah, I, say that we were better or something? Is that where the question's coming from? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know certainly I think the O-line performance was was better, um, you know, given the small sample size. I think there were things that were better. Our receiver's places. better. <laughs> yes and well, no. You, you I, think I mean, I, I, True, but I, yeah. I mean, I think their um, talent-wise way better, obviously. Than yeah, the guys we had the year before. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a part of it is that we were rolling out guys even if they didn't have you know the the greatest four four games as a, as true freshmen or, or as as sophomores that there's a level and there's a level of talent difference between Jalen McMillan, Romo Dunze, and Puka Nakua, and Aaron Fuller and Andre Bocelli. They're that's just flat out is. And anybody that's offended by that, I'm sorry if they're your friends, but watch more football. It, it's... <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I don't know what else to tell you there. Um, and, yeah, and there, again, there's... Go ahead, DJ. Sorry, sorry. I thought I thought you're done. Were, were you saying something? I, I was just saying, I, I think the things that I took as signs of in, that were encouraging are I saw a scheme some guys open. Um, yep. Even even while we were you know pulling, I was pulling my hair about about some of the second and second and long you know run dives into the middle um, and our rotation. Um, but I think the more I look at it, the more good <laughs> posted videos from spring practice about what the offense looked like. I I we were keeping a lot under our respective caps um, mm-hmm. that, that 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 we will see. Nope. Might have seen a lot of open book if we had been healthy for the Oregon game. Might have seen a lot of different stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, hopefully. Oh, would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And, and I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2021. And if we don't, I'm going to have it's going to be an area of concern that we're going to talk about as we recap and retro the 21 season and, and move forward into 22. A long-standing history of Washington football fans is criticizing the offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even was good. Yeah, I got on brand. <laughs> on brand. I got I got a couple things uh, that I was going to say, and Hooligan, you you touched on one of them was the the route concepts and getting more open, uh, having more open receivers than in the previous years, and I, I I'm excited about our wide receivers. Hopefully, they, like again, talent wise. We have that, but yeah, they just got to be able to catch the ball more often. But another thing that I, one thing I did see was better in the office offense. Maybe Hood can correct me if I'm wrong because he really like dissected everything. But there was less uh, missed assignments. It seemed like, especially like the offensive line and blocking. I mean, maybe they like got outmanned on some plays, like you're saying with the interior offensive line. But you know, our previous offenses were pretty complex. It took a while for guys for guys to learn things, and you know, with all the different motions and things like that. Uh, and so, I think our offense is a little bit more straightforward, which can be a bad thing. But you know, if, if you're looking on the on the bright side of things, I think that is something that showed improvement. It look just look at the court. Uh, the, the offensive line stemmed from Dylan to me. Um, 
there were a lot of times where there'd be interior pressure or, um, you know, edge pressure, and Dylan would kind of wiggle his way out of it uh, with his pocket mm-hmm. presence. And I, I will credit that to John Donovan um, because we saw Tyler Miles, we saw Jake Browning, you know, we saw Jacob Eason have the same spin move out of the pocket that ran right into the edge pressure. And we, or it, it was almost like, or backwards. And it was almost like it was trained by, you know, you know, CP or the staff or something like that. Like that was a go-to move. Um, and now we're seeing someone with some legitimate, like pocket mobility, pocket awareness, uh, shift and move within the pocket. Shout out to Lavelle. Um, but yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And hopefully if Sam gets that, because uh, Sam's got to get that mobility down in chaos as well. Um, but oh yeah, I think I credit the you know the way the O line performed to the O line, not as Dylan's movement. Ability. Demo Morris has elite pocket presence. Like I've said some critical things about him, but man, I, I love his pocket presence and Moxie. yeah, yeah, love his oh, attitude. Yeah. Bring. yeah, he has. You like can the, win with that guy. The, he has more kind of Moxie and just like just general on-field leadership than I've seen and I've seen out of UW quarterbacks in years, probably since maybe Keith Price. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. It, yeah. Because like I call the Jake Browning disease when you when the chips are down and he would just have his shoulders slumped on the bench. And it's like you are the preeminent leader of the team. You have to not do that. And he didn't he never didn't do that. It was always just like he just looked like a petulant child on the bench. And then I mean, Eason just looked like he wasn't he didn't care. So you come in with Demo, and it's like ice in the veins. Like, I'm all for that. He's not the most yeah. physically gifted guy we're going to see, but I love his presence. The, the lead dog on those offenses, um, with, not getting into the, the alpha, beta bullshit, but, like, the, the guy that just said, fuck no, we're not, it, we're not going down like that in those teams was Miles Gaskin, period. End of oh, the story. Yeah. Like, yep. like. I never lost no coup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout Ryan out Caleb McGarry, too. That's right. Yes. <laughs> right into Cougar Toboggan, right into the end zone. Attaboy. Yeah. Attaboy. Um, all right. Next question, and it, it touches back to the to the recruiting topic. Um, and this is from Nicholas to TWO3. How much blame should recruiting uh, failures fall on the individual position coaches versus Jimmy? Versus Jimmy? Um or, or how should the blame be apportioned? It, it does. Ultimately, the Bucks. Th- yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, the buck stops with Jimmy, but Jimmy's proven as a recruiter. Um, Jimmy's adjusting to a new job and being responsible for the whole program. It's your job. Like, for every single coach on the staff, again, we were talking about it earlier, recruiting and development, both of them are in your job description, and if you're not doing one or if you're continuing to struggle at one – you better be motherfucking elite at the other. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's it's not Jimmy's, like, it's not his job to do all of the recruiting. It's not. But it is his responsibility because it's his brand. So if someone's not doing a good job, I don't care if they're your friend, they need to go. And that's where he's got to make the problem. He's going to have to make the Sark and uh, Nick Holt decision probably at the end of the season with a couple of guys on his staff. And the question is, does he want is it show friends or is it show business? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. I like that. But shout out again to our commit today, Showtime, 
That's right. Come on. <laughs> Capital W. Yep. Um, all right. Next question uh, from Bowdown underscore Dubs up. How do fans stop? help the AD to stop sucking. And I think we've talked about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> and it's... Oh, <laughs> Great question. Uh, well, number one, don't... I, I would say let's... Not, don't tell them they suck. <laughs> In as many yeah. words, that's not the right way to provide constructive Specific criticism. suggestions tend to work better than yep. a blanket a blanket pejorative. What I the find. F are you doing? Yes. Yeah, I found yeah, Absolutely. especially going back to like what my philosophy was with regard to particularly women's basketball was to just point yep. specific things out. And what I found is the more I did that, the more I had specific people within the athletic department start to follow me. And I knew that they were reading it and it wasn't necessarily Jen, but it was the senior associate athletic directors within the University of Washington and it was yep. other coaches within the department. So yeah, it just you have to be very specific and uh, just like not a jerk about it. You just say like, "What? Yeah. I'm concerned about X. Have you thought about that?" Not say you yeah. suck. That no one cares. You realize about it's that. a department, not one person running the exactly. <laughs> running it's a business, it's not quite just, literally. Yeah. It's like one person at the top, and she's got many minions. So mm-hmm. many, 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 and many that have been there a very long time, and and some of them are great at their job, and some of them have. Um, probably lost some of like, the like the any job that any one of us have ever worked in. If you've been there for a long yep. time, a lot of them are not great at their job anymore. We all know that that type of person, and so. and sometimes you can be, but it's not always the. It's right. That's a um, rare one. Does she even? Does she listen? Like, did she? Does she listen to anyone? What they're saying? Because, like, it seems like. I think, I think what I found is that if you are. Uh, measured and specific and folks like like you guys I mean you guys everyone helped get that job done get us a new basketball coach because they tagged Jen make sure she saw it when Hooligan and I were, would say something about Jody Wynn we were tagged and like you know it would pin to her so she had to look and so that makes a difference or somebody that was like, man, not managing her accountant had to Yeah, so if you see somebody that's, like, really doing a good job of, like, oh, my gosh, this problem is here, and this person's doing a really good job articulating it, retweet it. Tag who you think you need to tag. That's how change happens. Respectful. Remain respectful. And the other thing is when you – and the other part of it is there – I will guarantee you that they're going to be more apt to listen to your criticisms if when they do something that is right, you recognize it. And and again, I will use – I've had a number of threads where indirectly or directly Brian Bauscher, who's our head of marketing has responded. And like I talked about like one of the first things, you know, kind of in, in this year and this season was that, you know, there were workout pictures with the, the Husky jaws graphic. And I said, Hey, this would be really great for some fan gear. And he responded right back and he said, yeah, let me work with our, with our department and see if we can, you know, get to work on gear and those things. And like, and that's, hugely appreciated I, we had another conversation or or another thread that he got kind of involved in or at least i noticed him like you know liking a couple of tweets about the fact that we were um asking for new era to get back you know to get back into the conversation for uw licensed hats those are all great things and if you recognize when they're doing stuff that great number one you're probably going to encourage somebody to do more things like that <laughs> than just being relentlessly negative it's all about constructive criticism and the other thing that i will say um and i can't stress this enough don't just tweet about it 
if there's something that's a hot burning issue, particularly as it comes to coaching issues, write emails, write letters, like, and do, and do so very respectfully and say, Hey, here's, here's my background. This is why I care about this. Here's the, the concerns that I have. But or DJ, you guys have anything? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's nothing that what we, we can do, but more so like what the ADs can do is they need to have like what you did with, I don't know his name, but they need to have, have more interactions <laughs> doing the sprinkler. Uh, they need to have more interactions with the fans and be willing to accept feedback. And it seems like they're not, maybe they are, but I don't know. On the outside looking at it, it doesn't look like they are doing that. Like, I don't even know if Jen Cohen checks her Twitter at all. I doubt it. Do you think she does? I mean, maybe she doesn't, but I'm sure she has an admin who does. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah, they, the they just need to... What's that? The message will most likely get there if there's respect and tact. And yeah, hopefully. Yeah, but I just put in the chat, by the way, I, I just left my sprinkler going for an hour in the same spot in my yard, so... Can't wait to see that water bill. <laughs> or the grass in that Oops. one spot. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good question from uh, from our big GC member, Alex Pekaski. How much impact do we expect from Raylan Trice this year? A and he also called out that, remember, this is a guy who, got an, who had an offer from Alabama. <clears throat> that is very tough, um, <clears throat> seeing that there are a bunch of people at the edge position, obviously losing ZTF um, after him uh, that can play lots as well that can come in and play. Um, Trice, Martin Cooper, you're kind of like a, a toss up. And I think one of those spots is locked up with Martin, just kind of seeing the way they utilized him in the spring. Um, so I think, uh, I think Trice will, will be a nice rotational guy. We'll get to see big, big flashes. Imagine if we could have had, you know, Tryon as a sophomore, not a starter, but as like a rotational guy, um, you know, spelling the starter. Um, shout out to recruiting. That's what recruiting does. But um, but I think Trice will have a big, have a big, big impact. I'll say five sacks or, or less, but um, but definitely a lot of pressures. And uh, going into 2022, he'll be he'll be a household name, maybe some uh, preseason all conference like you know, nods and stuff. So. I'd expect a, a, a big rotational role from him. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to play. He's definitely going to get his chances. And, yeah, it's whether he takes advantage and you know, those opportunities he gets. And, yeah, I've I've heard great things about him with people who's been in and around the program this last year, and they're really high on him. And I, I kind of, not going to lie, I kind of forgot about him a little bit before spring. And then – he kind of flashed in spring, and then I heard some people talking about him. And so, yeah, I think he's definitely going to have his chances. And so hopefully he kind of shines through. Because, I mean, you mentioned there is several guys that is going to play on the edge, but there's not like we have a long list because two of those guys aren't going to be playing for us this year, at least for the majority of it. And then uh, luckily we got Bowman back, man. If we didn't get Bowman back – or experience level on on the edge would be very limited but yeah i'm excited for trice uh yeah he had that bama offer so obviously they saw something in him too i'm confused who else other than ztf that we're probably not going to see 
Latu. Oh yeah. Yeah, we lost. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Latu, yeah. and I'm and I apologize because I was so excited for that guy. Hooligan, um, you 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 should have said confuse me if I'm wrong. You had your opportunity yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not gonna step on my boy Tugs's toes. <laughs> That's all him. Um, yeah, I, I think you guys are spot on. I think that kind of that first season where we started to see Joe Tryon start to flash, I think it's is probably what you're going to see from Braylon a lot. Um, and I do think we have solid depth. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit. I think we're going we're gonna to be a little bit more multiple than we've been on the defense. And I think in, in particular, like we talked about with the Ben Roberts commit, where we go, where we're playing a run heavy team like a Stanford, I think we're going to see a lot more three down linemen. Um, with somebody out playing a, you know, kind of, or almost a three tech player, but playing out at a five tech to set the edge, like Benning did so well for us. And let's not, and let's not sleep on Savelle. <laughs> Savelle was a true freshman in a COVID year. Not, didn't have a full weight, weightlifting cycle. Didn't have um, a traditional fall or summer camp. Um, there's there's a lot of talent in that room, and particularly if the the interior D line is healthy, um, I think you're going to see some really some flash plays and some inten- and, and just a different a different defense and a, and and much more and a, a much more aggressive defense both schematically and just because of the athletes that we have out there this fall. Um, all right, we've got a number of questions from Thomas underscore Low L O E. Um, first question was, will John Donovan get the athletes in space and be creative or rely, uh, too much on being run heavy? Um, I'll, I'll briefly touch on this. I think, again, we were, uh, we, we kind of covered it in an earlier question. I think we were intentionally a little more vanilla than we would have been if we'd played a full season last year. I think we saw some things hood again, shouting, <laughs> shouting you out for sure. in all of the videos for practice in the spring where schematically we were putting people into different spaces, playing with. Um, getting people into different levels and, and really stressing defenses. Um, and I think there's there's enough athletes on this team right now that um, it will be a great missed opportunity if that doesn't happen. And I, I definitely expect uh, that I will not be frustrated in that regard this fall. One, one thing I didn't see, I'll say, is um, I didn't see too much uh, from, like, getting our running backs in the space. Um, I saw maybe on, like, outside runs potentially, like, utilize them in that way to get them into space but there wasn't too too many um uh, pass game options for them isoing them against like linebackers or maybe even a safety slide so i didn't see too much of that but we did a bunch of um given uh, one, one-on-one opportunities to tight ends and receivers so uh, I'm, I'm i'm fairly confident jd will will we'll definitely stretch the field um and challenge some 1v1s and tell dylan to throw it you know to his guy so yeah, and I think it just depends on, like, I think it depends on the personnel and who's on the field. You know, I think we're going to see more of a running back by committee. Um, going back to what I remember of Penn State, the year we played them back in 2017 when they had Saquon. Obviously, I am not saying anybody in our running back room is Saquon Barkley, but Saquon definitely has. <laughs> but had a pass-catching skill set. Certainly, that's something that we've seen from Cam da- that Cam Davis has in his tool set. It's something that Rue has in his tool set. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that we won't. Um, and then going to, yeah, to, to call out one of our commits. Again, we talk about it with a Mecca Megwa sophomore film. Uh, very strong in catching the ball out of the backfield, and you don't recruit an athlete like that if you're not going to include it in the offense because you're just 
Um, and I think in one game in particular where I see that being a really big key is um, our backs out of the backfield when we do play Oregon. Both Flo and Sewell are very, very good linebackers, but particularly with Noah Sewell at his size, you put Cam Davis on him on a wheel route, that's, I'm sorry, but somebody that's 260 is not going to run with Cam Davis. Pleasant also has some really, really good wiggle um, in the past game. Some kind of nuance to his routes. Um, Maru seems kind of like, kind of give me some space. I'll make one guy miss and, and punish him. Did see a couple like swings and stuff like that um, to mm-hmm. uh, Sunday, so I, I couldn't imagine you know getting Sunday on the perimeter and putting a hurt in on a corner like making a corner come up and, and make a business decision. So uh, you know I, <laughs> that I business like decision is uh, for all but maybe a couple of corners. That business mm-hmm. decision is going to be mommy, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Alex uh, nope. spring. I, I appreciated that. But uh yeah, but yeah, a lot of DBs aren't gonna wanna be willing to tackle that, so Yeah. Um next question that came in from, from Thomas was will uh Jackson Sermon start at linebacker? Absolutely. Uh, I don't want anybody else yeah. in that position right now. Spring looked yeah. amazing. So no competition yeah. there for me. I think you're going to see probably a, a, a more extensive rotation, and if you know, and if healthy, I don't think we saw everybody that would have played in a full season if we'd had one last year. Uh, and I think some of the the complaints about Jackson were premature, and again, very young player, first real game experience that he was getting, and a lot of it was not that he that the athleticism necessarily was lacking. Is he the fastest linebacker on the field? No, <laughs> no. he knew where to go. I think he was just like, I think he was still like so much of just like still just thinking about it. And now that he's more comfortable and he has that experience, he's just like, okay, I know what I'm seeing. I'm going. Yeah. Spring. I was going to say spring ball kind of changed my mind on him because before that, I always said, please, anyone but him. But yeah, he, I mean, he really shined in the spring ball. What I saw. Uh, I didn't. I only, only saw the spring game. I was at the spring game, so but I saw a bunch of practice clips, and it uh, seemed like he really made some good strides. And so, yeah, he's going to be our guy behind uh, next to Eddie. And it sounds like there's not really anyone else that's stepping up that's close. Uh, hopefully, we see some Danny Hammer a little bit. He's still relatively young. Uh, he's got the skills, and but yeah, it's, it's going to be Sherman. Yeah, and I think and that's the thing. What's that? Expect big things too. Like this is—I don't think this. I think this is a, a potential, you know, second to honorable mention season for for Jack, Jackson Sermon, as far as all. Hood coming uh, with the hot so, take. All right. So second team to honorable yeah. mention. I definitely think he's going to get some postseason uh, notoriety. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's the one thing that I would also t- take this opportunity to, to to remind Husky fans a little bit is. Remember that the, that some of these players are, it's not even, you know, they're not redshirt seniors. They're not redshirt juniors. They're very young players getting some of their first game experience. They're not finished products. Um, this is not to throw BBK under the bus at all because BBK was an exemplary player for us. But you look at BBK's tackling from June, from sophomore and junior year to what he did as a senior where he, instead of like getting to the tackle and then kind of being dragged for a couple of yards, 
as a senior, he was stopping, he, he was getting there and he was making the stop and standing people up. That's progression that happens. Like you are the, the, the freshmen that will come in and light the world on fire and look like a senior from day one are few, few, few and far between. You've got to allow for some progression and for some development time for, for kids to grow into their bodies and to grow into the system. Um, next question, who starts at free safety? Good. <laughs> oh, man, that's, I'm, I'm on the, uh, the Cam Williams bandwagon, man. You don't, you don't find yourself with, what, four interceptions on accident. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think he has the best instincts on the back end. Um, risky kind of guy, too. And then, um, and you need someone to kind of trust as an overhang this year, especially if we're going to start Dom. If we're starting Dom and Dom is taking away tight ends, taking away running backs, popping running backs in the mouth in the run game, you're going to need someone on the back end that's going to, you know, have uh, help out Trent and help out Kyler, you know, on, on these 1v1s. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, rooting, uh, I'm rooting there. Julius, I'll say second. Yeah, I, I think it it's one of those two guys two guys for sure to to me and and I think where there's there's great things to be said about both both of them are really are, are great athletes. Um and with, with game experience we're we're gonna really enjoy it. And I, I think there's we talked about it earlier, there's so much depth in that room, um, that I think you're gonna see a lot of mix and match, um, keeping guys fresh and um, and I'm excited to see what we've got there. Um, the last question from Thomas was, who scores the most TVs and why? Touchdowns? Yeah, who gets well, the I'm, I'm assuming we're excluding Dylan Morris. Yeah, we got to be excluding Dylan. Yeah. Richard, yeah we're, Richard we're not counting touchdown passes. Yeah. Richard Newton. Newton. Dick for six. Yeah, Dick, Dick for six. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. That's kind of dang. That's kind of that's a good one. That is a good one. I'm gonna go or Cade. Cade would be a good yeah, one. I'll go Cade. Mm-hmm. I'll go Cade. Because I'll yeah, tell you Cade right was... now, Winnie Mead Morrison closes closes out. Throw it to Cade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sticky and hands. I, I think it's yeah, and so much that like I think <laughs> we're gonna pound. I think we're gonna pound the rock a little. Um, in short yardage, but I think so much you can't just just do that. Whether it's using Dick as the short yardage back, or can't, or um, Javion, or or even Caleb Berry, um, you've got to mix it up with a little play action there. And I think Cade there is going to be a monster. Uh, in addition to being in that, um, I think Cade's going to get a lot of action in just in the red zone period. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he'll score. You know, you can't more, ignore you him. Know. So. People if are going to be more. open. Like people, he's going to make other guys look even better because he's going to require in the end, and you know, the red zone probably a double team. So he, someone's going to be open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you could see you could see a sneaky. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see Dylan getting three to five on sneaks um, mm-hmm. in short yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're going to. If I had to pick, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be kind of a crapshoot. I think you're going to see mm-hmm. probably a handful of guys that are in that six yeah. to ten range. I don't think you're going to see a Miles that no nineteen yeah, touchdown have... season from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're going to get that that spread over a number of guys. 
Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm with Leah. That would probably be my choice, too, if I had to choose. Yeah, but that's, it's so tough. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're going to spread it around a lot. And yeah. I see, speaking like, of NIL, I, I know. I know Dick's Burgers. You've said that you're you're only giving NIL <laughs> money to, to, to linemen and linebackers. Oh God. But how perfect would Richard Newton? You, you've got to use, oh but you got to get Dick Newton in there, and, and you got to have the the Dick Newton six burger. The Dick for six Absolutely, <laughs> Dick for six. You guys saw like um, you saw Zachary Spears' dad say uh, mm -mm. DBs for DBs. So it was like uh, Dick's Burgers for the DBs, and it's like yeah, man, I like that too. You, you have Come on, Dick. Opportunities. And Dix is just such a great company that is so pro UW that it would be such a great, easy one for them. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Moving on to the big question. Uh, and this one came in from Purple Dogs with a Z, uh, a.k.a. Dognosticator, uh, man of the countdown. What's better for the program? And it's a you can only have one question. Huh. And we can dig into Ooh. the nuances after we talk about the you can only have one piece. Uh, what's better, full doog, relentless and exclusive positivity, or full-on negadog, Eeyore, uh, Debbie Downer, uh, enemy of the state? I don't, yeah. I reject, I reject the premise that it can only be one. <laughs> it's not part of the game. Not, I, I, I don't. I don't care. You know, shout out to Purple Dogs. Um, I, I don't think that a healthy organization is you only can have one. I think that the relentless positivity needs to be directed directly at the players, regardless of what they do on the field. No matter what, we are their fans. We are their supporters, and they get nothing but love from us. Where the criticism and the fine tooth comb of like, let's, let's, you know, make ourselves better always. Every single day we should be trying to get better. That's directed at the people in charge. That's directed at the head coach, at, at the position coaches, and certainly at the, at the athletic director and the president of the university. But um, yeah, no, the negativity should never, ever, ever be directed at the players. Um, but it, I think if you ha don't have any criticism or anyone kind of like wondering what we're doing, then I don't think you have fans. I think, I think people who are inherently fans have a discerning eye and like what we see isn't necessarily what we want to see and how can we make that better? There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, a, it's both. It's a, it's not an either or it's an yes. And it's a, it's an improv kind of an attitude. Nail meet head. Yep. Well, so Obviously, Leah's not playing by the rules of the game, <laughs> but she you she's right. Congratulations, Leah! You've killed a twenty-minute conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, Leah's right. Leah is definitely right. Uh, but if I had to choose between those two, I'm just gonna say, if your own sanity, go full on Duke. And if you had to choose one, because I'm when it comes to my sports team, just being a Seattle sports fan, I'm I'm just pessimistic about all of them for the most part and it's not good for your health being that way just just saying that right now misery. Like, yeah exactly mariners i mean obviously the ox been good for 10 years but majority of the time they weren't yeah and then huskies the last one well, in the last like five six years they weren't good for a while so very stressful but yeah if you had issues between the two full-on duke everything positive go that route it'll be better for yourself and 
who who wants to be around a negative person all the time? You know, like just positive is better. But yeah, Leah is right. You gotta gotta have a mix of both if you're being real. But yeah, if you had to choose one, I'm going to full on Duke. I don't think I need to choose one. I think I already am. One. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, but there were there were three options, and I'll say relentless positivity. I kind of already do it, um, but uh, but at the end of the day, like um, the machines are some of its parts, and kind of to what Leah was saying, um, you you need you need a combination of all, and then and if you're going to be negative in any regard, don't be necessarily negative. Um, you can be critical, but like we said earlier, just do it with tact, articulation. Um, you know, and, and call out the right people, hold the people that get paid millions of dollars responsible for these things. Um, so, yeah, it, it, Leah hit it, hit nail on head. Um, pretty easy for me, too, because I'm a, I'm a naturally positive person. And, uh, and I think if you're thinking, uh, if you're being a fan with the kids in mind in the first place, this is all going to be fun. Um, so that's kind of how, how I'm approaching it or, and what I would choose, relentless positivity. I, I will say before Hooligan says his, I'm only very um, pessimistic about my sports teams. Just again, experience everything else. I'm a positive person, so I'm not always negative in that sense. <laughs> You're just realistic about the Seattle teams. Yeah, exactly. Know. That's it's that's, not negativity. It's just it's yeah. not pessimism. It's just realism. Yeah, you're right. relentless positivity. Like everything. Yeah, the, just hit a grand slam to put him up by four in the eighth inning just now. Let's go. It, let's is go. It, August or September yet, though? <sighs> not, not quite. <laughs> wait a second. I was about to say, is it even July? And then I'm like, oh, wait, damn it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> barely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm being the contrarian. Um, I don't know. I, I, I will play de- I will play devil, devil's advocate here. And again, as long as it is not just relentless negative, negativity and it's handled with tact, um, I think there is something to be said for being a little bit of the contrarian and pointing out things that we could do better, again, as long as it is handled the right way. Um, because, and maybe it's a product of my own fan history. Um, uh, and I, I think I, I share a similar era of Husky fandom uh, and, and going through the University of Washington as Leah and the program and the fan base got very, very complacent. Mm-hmm. And that's that how... led to Todd Turner yeah. as the athletic director, Tyrone Willingham as the head football that's coach, exactly Leah Jackson as the women's that's basketball exactly coach. Duging so leads you're to four years of time. Stand- yeah. If you're not holding a standard, you are going to crater. And even we're nowhere in near in this conversation, but I guarantee you that Alabama even has fans that even despite their five recent national championships are like what the hell is nick saban doing right but that's also like and yes they're ignored because it's like and if you dub won multiple national championships in a short span we'd everybody would be just like <laughs> we would further off i mean we would further ostracize the negative voices even more so than we already the year, do the year but. that john wooden retired they hired uh, I can't remember the name of the coach. The name is slipping me, and it was before I was born. But they hired someone, and he went to the national championship game and lost. And UCLA fired him because he lost that game. So, like, we're not – we don't want to be that. But we – I mean, I kind of share your perspective, Hooligan, of, like, you know, I think it's really super fair to be, and very healthy to say, like, in wins and losses, what do we do really well? 
What do we not do so well? And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing both. What we get into trouble with and what both Buffy was pointing out is people who don't have tact, as Hood pointed out, when they're criticizing the program. And that's a lot. I mean, if you do it too much, recruits do see that. So we need to be really careful with how we present criticism and do it while maintaining our absolute dugness of just like, I'm here, I'm all about you, Deb, but this is an area that we need to improve on. So. And, and if you look at the ESPN article, it, it kind of explained in a layman's way, um, like how and what we should hold them accountable to and for. It gave us so many reasons to be like, oh, they're not doing that. Well, this is what we have here. We should be holding it was it, it, it gave us so many reasons why, you know, we shouldn't be behind certain schools in our conference um, and the expectation uh, that we should hold our our school to and, uh, and the teams to at the end of the day, you know, you becoming I believe I was saying like um, Will Harris had the shush emoji when he landed Buki because he felt like the, the fans are equally an enemy, you know, and I don't know if we should if 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 we should put that type of pressure on him. Um, you know, so, but it is what it is. I just think if we remain tactful, uh, they'll listen. And, um, we have multiple reasons why, you know, um, we we need to hold them accountable. So, yeah, at the, and at the end of the day, we, and, and I will stress this kind of above anything else is the vast majority of fans aren't just looking for something to, to vent their misery upon, and we want our programs to be successful. And I don't think the majority of fans have unreasonable expectations that we're going to be Alabama because that's not who Washington is and has ever been. Can we be the best program in this conference for a consistent stretch? Yes, absolutely. Can we compete, be right there with USC as, you know, one, a, you know, or a well-run USC as, as a one B absolutely is. And I'm sorry to disappoint a bunch of uh, Husky fans, at this point, with Phil Knight's money and with the Nike's influence, Oregon's not going away. They're going to be around no. for a long time. Like the, and the North, for the foreseeable future, is going to run through Seattle and Eugene. It is. But it is not an inter- they're not an insurmountable hill to climb. We can absolutely beat the abs- run properly. We can beat the absolute crap out of them, and we should. And that should be our expectation. Yeah, we have, also, we have things to offer that that Eugene and the University of Oregon can't, and we need to just say those they things. They have we Nike. all about them. What does Eugene and have to offer? Is, they have Nike, we have Nike. And that is That's it. it. Yeah. But we have, like, and they've had a very successful... Yeah. yeah, and they've had a very successful 20 years, and they're not going right. to go away because for the foreseeable future, they're still they're going to remain successful. Right. For, the network, stay. For, the, for the network that did not like us, you know, uh, putting out cupcakes, et cetera. They just had a writer say our job was better than Oregon. That's right. You know, with all of Oregon's because momentum, they just had a writer. So that's, that's all you but need But I will say, I think... Has that guy been fired yet by ESPN? <laughs> just wait, DJ. Just put it out into the ether. He's well, if uh, Quint Kessinich, oh. if he's still employed by ESPN, has anything to say about it, he probably will. But, <laughs> but I was just going to say, like, you know, I, I'm going to be a little bit contrary to that article. And I'm going to say, like, the way Oregon supports its, its athletic department and puts just full bore marketing, money, everything into those jobs, to me, like, Washington has the better tradition. Washington has the better academic 
institution. It has Case a better County. city. It has yeah. better a lot. But in terms of athletic department, I'm sorry. It's that's the better job because they're getting more support. We don't get that. You APR are national champs. What was that? I mean, yes, but I'm just saying that like the way that their machine of marketing and financial backing operates to some coaches, to people out there, that is a better job because they're just yeah. not they're not gonna have to work as hard as a Jimmy Lake would have to work because the marketing and the and the money is just there and the, and it's just is the it, cool factor. So would you and sacrifice would you sacrifice the off field success? So like you know, having no, the, the GPAs and stuff like that. I wouldn't to go full balls into just football and kind of But you don't have to Oregon's great SEC in it. Like they're forget all of that. Yes, I completely agree, but I think like you're operating as someone who wants to see the the big picture. So am I, but I'm I'm thinking about people who are just about the green and gotcha. in that sense it's a better job in eugene because you just don't ha- you probably have to not ha- uh, you probably don't have to work as hard because it's just set up to press go and go the machine so. agree yeah. that machine mario could leave tomorrow they put somebody right. else in there yeah. that agree agree is this the, is this the opposite of Dugan <laughs> right now <laughs> it's it's realadogan <laughs> yeah um but, so. um, but properly run, and I think that's, and this is the point that I was trying to make is they're not going away, but properly run, there are things that we can do to adjust and be more active in marketing our program and marketing our advantages. And what I'm saying ultimately is that until the landscape drastically shifts even more than it already has when it comes to the North. Washington State is not going to like Washington State's not going to come up and become a bit a bigger, bigger, more better program than we are. Oregon State, shout out to Jonathan Smith because you're doing a hell right. of a job down there. He is. But Oregon State is not going to become one of the, the the preeminent powers in Neither the North. Is Cal. Stanford doesn't give a fuck, or at least the Stanford fans don't give a fuck. Cal, it's too busy climbing trees to protest <laughs> updating their stadium. <laughs> Like, it's a, it's get a, out it's of a two here. team it's, race in the north, and it's like it's a two team race in the north, and, a, and like and it's a thumb wrestle between us and USC for the championship, frankly. Yeah, usually, and maybe Utah yeah, and, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if we're run well, if we're run well, it's going to be us in Oregon are going to represent the North. And if we're not run well, we're going to be in the seven to eight win range, mm-hmm. and we've got to fight the complacency because we can and should expect better. And this is the other point that I was going to make is number one, we have to like, when we, when we make criticisms, it needs to be in support of our student athletes and maximizing their experience. But the thing that the athletic department also needs to remember is one of, if not the biggest reason that it exists are because there are fans and donors that are spending their money in support of the programs, customers, and we have absolute right to say, this isn't good enough for me. It needs to be better. Hallelujah. Because us us saying that is also in turn going to make it better for the student athletes. That's right. It's like there it's like UW athletic department is the um is the gift from mean girls of like, oh my god, why are you so obsessed with me when we ask for just better things? <laughs> It's like, 
<laughs> it's just not that hard. Come on. Because guys. we're the ones buying the tickets. Right. You know? Like we're, we're the ones body. buying the merchandise and, you know, like, if we I don't mean, exist, we don't a, exist. How many other fan bases have not one but two days? Shout out. It is still purple. Hey, if you're a Seahawks fan and not associated with UW Blue Friday's Rocket, go for it. If you're a Husky fan first, Fridays are for purple. And so are Wednesdays. That's right. But show me another program in this conference that's going to say, you know, that's going to say, okay, you know what? We're not doing the marketing and and I can't wait until those four hires are made into our marketing department. But show me another fan base in this conference that that cares enough to say, you know what? We're going to tout our program every fucking week, every fucking Wednesday and say, hey, here we are. And Saturdays, 13 to 15 days out of the year, purple, that that we should be rocking. Mm Mm-hmm. And Saturdays mm-hmm. and games that, and days that the softball team is playing and days that baseball teams play and days that every day you know like games. pods like this too. just like you know we bring a lot of attention to the program and a lot of like Washington Wednesdays I don't remember who started that but whoever does gets a lot of credit hey Halverson it's hey yeah. Halverson there it's you the go um, but it's getting a lot of fan engagement it's getting likes by Jimmy Lake it's getting likes by the football program it's getting you know, people hyped up for the football season. And so, like, they want to hate us because we sometimes bring problems to their attention. Look at how much hype we're giving you right now. Mm-hmm. Even bad mm-hmm. press is sometimes good press. So got you yeah. got to love both of, both sides. You guys are noticing yeah. there's a whole bunch of new accounts popping up. There's, like, a whole bunch of new Husky accounts popping up. So, you know, you got these people who want to be involved you know, and not be on their main uh, pages and things like that. So I think that's uh, going to help fan engage a lot. You just found all my burners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that is the one thing I pointed out when, when, or, when some uh, TTDS uh, uh, fans were trying to say, oh, well, look how much more engagement we have. And I'm like, yeah, because burners don't exist and everybody, oh you know. Oh, my God. And no one farms follows like that. That that's not possible, <laughs> or pays they're, for follows. They're just they're just smarter than us, Hooligan. They're just smarter than us. <laughs> they have a better oh, business school. You know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh wait, you know it, it. It's all of those big corporations in Seattle. They don't really count because they can't. You know they can't. You know potentially put money to the University of Washington. No, so it's like stupid. yeah, the you know Jeff Bezos is Nike. We all know that. Come on. That's the only one that matters. Like, they can do those big upfront deals like that, too. Like, sure, great. But, like, wh- what about longevity, you know? Like, wh- what happens when Phil Knight's gone? You know what I mean? Like, what what then? You know, what, what companies do you have to, to, to fit that? Well, that, Nike, that will, Nike will still be in. Nike and the Knight family will still be involved with Oregon. But, and they will continue to innovate and train and they will try out their new shit with the university of Oregon. But it's, it's also, it's not necessarily just the big businesses that Mm-mm. the, the name image and likeness is going to have an impact on. It's the companies Agreed. like beacon plumbing. It's mm-hmm. Dick's burgers. It's, you yeah. don't think, Hey, wait, Dick's, you don't think here's an example. You don't think say burger master sees Dick get a huge uptick of business from an association and, and marketing deals with you. Yep. athletes. You don't say burger masters. Like we got to get in on that too. Who do you think Burgermaster's going to go to? Fucking Googs? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, KT. K, K, oh, oh, Docs, yeah, let, let's give Kayvon Thibodeau a, a deal. 
No. Well, I think I think the only NILs that the Coog is going to get is like dairy farms, right? <laughs> dairy farms and bush light. <laughs> Nat- or Natty, Natty Ice. Or bush light. Natty Light. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, Natty, Natty Ice. Natty, Natty Ice is really upset with you right now, Hooligan. They're really upset. They're butthurt. I'm sorry, but I drink good beer. <laughs> Again, butthurt. Rude. They don't you even have a lot of breweries over there in Pullman. Hooligan. Be sensitive, all right? Nah. <laughs> We saw Meg will have a high school there get get a couple. Yeah, of yeah, he's gotten a couple. Yeah, PSD, yeah. um, that Yoke Gaming, who I think uh, Trent had signed with, and then I think one yeah. other one, which is that's great. Bunch of barstool um, athletes. Bunch of barstool athletes. Yeah. So we'll see. anybody help? Anybody have anything else, or we should we call this one a, a, a an hour and a half of, of happy hour goodness and. <laughs> So. I think we're good. All right. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. We will have more brackets this summer, I promise. Again, Stop thanks it. for listening and go dogs. <laughs> Bow down. Go dogs. Bow down.